if God created everything and he said everything was good, and if we desire good things, unless you are just just an evil, sadistic person, then there is nothing that we should desire outside of God because there is nothing outside of God that is good. So in order to get good, we have to desire to get God. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome to the Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dodson, and we're just going to dive right into this episode today. So have you ever wondered like why you are here or what the purpose was for God putting you here on the earth? I mean, it's probably a question that a lot of people have maybe asked themselves or maybe asked someone else. I don't know, maybe a clergyman or a spiritual leader or maybe even a friend. But I believe that If we really knew something about why an infinite, self-sustaining, all-powerful God put us sinful, hard-headed, stubborn human beings here on earth, it would give us a little more insight into the merciful, holy, gracious nature of God. And it would provide motivation and positive reinforcements for how we choose to live out our lives while we are here. So. Let's go back to the beginning, because to properly assess an idea or or particular subject, you need to go back to where it all started, right? So let's look at the creation of man and answer the question of who we are and how we are made. So who are we and how are we made? Well, first, we are human beings. I think that's understood. We, We are mankind whom... God created in the image and likeness of himself or the Godhead or the Trinity. And we see this in Genesis 1 and 26 when God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So the us and the our means that all three persons of God were present during the creation. So the father who is God, the son who is Jesus and the Holy Spirit who is God who also indwells the believer now. So if you are questioning the doctrine of the Trinity, this along with Colossians 1, 15 through 17, the baptism of Christ, um, they all prove the existence of the Trinity. And also in John, when it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus was there in the beginning because Jesus is the word. And in 1 John 1 and in Matthew 28, 19, they are all one person in essence. So they, they, they all exist together, but they all have different functions. So the Trinity is proven internally in scripture. So we move on to when he said in the image and likeness of God, which means a few things. But first, let's clear up what it doesn't mean. This does not mean that God created us exactly like himself. So we are not totally like God, but we are reflections of God's glory. This is why Satan was able to entice and deceive Eve, because he told her that if she ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God knew she would be like him in the form of being her own God. So this was enticing to Eve because she knew she wasn't a God, especially in physical form, but What she failed to realize was that she was like God because God made her and that if she would have continued to be obedient to God, then maybe one day she possibly could have been immortal like God existing with him forever. 
when when you're like something, that means that whatever you are like had to be there before you for you to be similar to it. So we can't be exactly like God or totally like God because he is our supreme creator. He just created replicas. If you will indulge my spiritual imagination for just a moment, but he created replicas of himself to reflect his character, if that makes sense. So in in keeping with image and likeness, it refers to the elements in the human makeup that enable the fulfillment of human destiny. It's not something that humans do or something that humans have. But it's something a human is by creation. So, so no one human being has more of the image of God than another, but because mankind was endowed with this in creation. So we are related to God, not in matter per se, but in form. We are not like God in essence, but in semblance. So we have a body, our souls and spirits are are housed in a body, in our nature, in our substance, we are spiritual or invisible like God. In our faculties, we have the ability to reason and understand. We can freely make decisions. We can rationalize. We can feel and we can express emotions. So this is who we are and how we are made. And if we are made in the image and likeness of God, we are to at all times carry the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are all present during creation. And so by definition of universality, we all carry the image of God. So it's universal. The image of God is universal within the human race. So we are to treat other human beings in accordance to this. And so we see this in how Genesis 9 and 6, we're prohibited to murder one another. And then in James 3, uh, 9 and 10, he urges us not to curse men and bless them since we were made in the similitude of God. But but what this does not mean, you know, I always got to tell y'all what something means, but I also got to tell you what it does not mean. I got to give you the opposite side of the spectrum. But what it doesn't mean is that all of us are reborn to emulate the true character and image of Christ. So that's the hope, but that's not the reality. But the truth is, is that we had access to this before the fall. So so we're all gods by creation, but not through salvation. So everything we do should emanate from this concept that predates any human that was ever created. God had this idea in mind before he ever uttered the words, let there be. So with that, we basically were already created because of God existing out of time anyway. So before God actually formed us, from this idea that he had, we were already called to identify with that of the Godhead. So once we made our entrance here into the world, who we were was already established, established. So now everything by divine nature through creation should be directed by who we should be identifying with. Now, does this does this happen? No, because Adam did this, but it should because Jesus fixed this. And we'll touch on that here in just a minute. So from there, God God goes into giving us some power and authority. Oh, Lord, (laughs) this gets us in trouble sometimes. Lord, why why would you give us power? (laughs) But the word says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So now if God said this to us, then 
does this not mean that he trusted man enough and, and trusted what he had made enough to expect man to take responsibility for for the environment and for other creatures creatures that inhabit the earth so so this would mean that God had enough faith in us to let us watch over the part of of his creation that that we could so now and God didn't take off and say, here you go. This is yours now. I'm gone. I'm out. Peace. He didn't do that. But but in his transcendence and in his eminence, he, he is separate from and independent from humanity and nature. But he's still present and active within humanity and human nature and history. But this this does go to show that God took pleasure in us. He, he took pleasure in creating us to leave us with this responsibility. And he even said that what he made was good. So it can be concluded that we were made for God's pleasure. You know, I like how we see the creation of man at the beginning of scripture. Then we see a purpose for this creation at the end in Revelation 4 and 11 when when he says, worthy are you, O our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and for your pleasure, they existed and were created. That's awesome to me. So, So now, Let's move into the relationship we should have with God to exercise this authority. So if we were to be God's dominating rule here on earth to carry out God's sovereignty and authority here on earth, then that means that we had to be created a certain way. We were created with kingly and priestly rule. So kingly just means governing power and authority. That That's what kings do here on earth. But, but our king of kings is a different type of king than we see here ruling on earth. Our king is the supreme king, a king who didn't abandon us, but came and gave his life for us. So that's awesome. That's awesome, y'all. So, so if he is this type of king who has given us the power, that means that operating within his will gives us access to that. That same power. And this gets us to the priestly um, rulership, which just deals with our relationship with God. So, so you're a part of a priesthood, a neighborhood, any type of hood, as long as you are in right relationship with the members and governing body of that hood, right? So as long as we were in right standing with God, we had priestly rule over the earth. We existed as, as priestly beings. And, and when I say us, I mean Adam and Eve. But this was this was all changed when Adam and Adam fell. Not Eve, but Adam. Had Eve eaten by herself, things may have been a little different. But like we see in the New Testament, Adam condemned man to the fall. So so let's talk a little bit about the fall of man and how we should now be, be operating here on the earth. So when Satan was cast down from heaven, it was because he wanted to exalt himself above God, which is actually exactly how he came at Eve. So like I said before, he presented to her the, the chance to be as God. So you see the pattern here, right? He he wanted to deceive Eve into thinking the same way that he did. So now if God created us to glorify him, honor him, I, I mean, we should be grateful enough that he thought enough of us to put us here. So the least that we can do is give honor to him, especially because honor is due there. But, but God did this for us to enjoy life here. Full of, full of the riches and the resources that he put here before he even created man. So now in knowing this, our mind should always be humbled enough to be willing to do what God requires and, and required in the beginning when he created mankind. So now the serpent deceived Eve and, and then Adam followed Eve and then this messed us all up. So we, we had to be reconciled to God and our severed relation, relationship had to be restored, right? And this was through the sacrifice of Christ. So when we, when we don't do this, when we don't restore that relationship and we don't um, become reconciled back to 
to God, we are basically conceding to the idea that Satan had. And we are in essence saying that we don't we we want to exalt ourselves above what our creator originally designed for us. So check this out. Just a little example. I mean, if I built a car and I let you drive it and there's a certain type of and I built the car. Remember, I built the car and I let you drive the car and I tell you that there's a certain type of gas that you need in the car to keep it running. Don't go and put some other type of gas in it. Like it's not going to run right. It might even break down. But the point is, is that it wasn't your car to mess up in the first place and you should just do what you were told to do. So it's the same way with God. When, when we don't give ourselves back to him to restore that relationship that Adam messed up, we are giving ourselves to again be deceived by the serpent. So by Satan in our flesh. And this thinking is basically exalting ourselves and our own plan above that of the original plan of the creator, who is God, and, and that we, we're exalting ourselves above the plan that he had for us in the first place. And so this definitely should not be the mindset of the professed believer at all. All you know, when we go, you read in Galatians 5 and 24, it says, and those who belong to Christ um, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. And so we have nailed our flesh to the cross once and for all. And we we did this when we became Jesus's followers. And so we keep our flesh in a state of crucifixion so that the spirit can produce in us the fruit of the spirit instead of the works of the flesh. So now why are we here? So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, why are we here? Well, one, we are here because God wanted us to be. So, and we're here for his pleasure and to fill the earth. So God put us here, which means that we have no independent existence. We are here because God willed that we should exist. And he acted to bring us here and to preserve us while we're here. So, so there's nothing necessary about our existence. I hate to break it to you, but God does not need us to be here. We may declare ourselves independent and then we conduct ourselves in a way that, you know, we are um, deserving of being here. But that does not change the fact that in our life and each breath that we take, we continue to take it from God. Um, and so, so why did God put us here? And what are we to do in light of that purpose and being put here? So since we, would, we wouldn't be alive if it weren't for God, I mean, everything we have and everything that we are derives from him. So stewardship doesn't mean giving God a part of what's ours or some of our money or some of our time, but all of life has been entrusted to us for our use and it still belongs to God and it must be used to serve and glorify him. So, so this helps us to establish our human identity. If who we are is at least partly a function of where we have come from, then the key to our identity will be found in the fact that God created us. We're not merely like just the offspring of human parents or the result of chance or factors that are at work here in the world. We are here as a result of an intelligent being's conscious in conscious intention and plan and our identity is a matter of fulfilling that divine plan you know in all of this we we are to be the dominating power and authority here on earth we're to exercise kingly and priestly rule here on earth so we have a unique place in creation. So despite our created status, there's an element that makes us distinct from the rest of the creatures on earth. So animals and other creatures, they're all said to be made according to their kind. But the human is described as made in the image and likeness of God. So humans are placed over the rest of creation to have dominion over it. And so we cannot in every aspect be likened to the whole of creation. So while being subject to like the laws that, that govern us as 
as created human beings, we transcend those other beings in their status because there's more to humanity than just the whole of creaturehood. So we can't we can't restrict our self understanding to this creaturehood or even excuse improper behaviors by blaming instincts and drives. Our being is at a higher level than this because of how and who we were created by. So. Our human life, it consists of a whole lot more than just the satisfaction of the needs for food and for clothing and for pleasure. The, the transcendent element about us de- designated by the unique way in, in which the human is described and distinguished from the various other creatures. We, we must keep this in mind at all times. We have to acknowledge that there is more to us than just being here. We, we have to exist here in right standing with the God who created us and gave his son for us to be back in right standing with him y'all listen every human being on this earth should be willing to embrace this idea simply because we are not the creator of ourselves but but we're the gracious product of God's creative hand we were not put here to exalt ourselves above God but to be in fellowship with God who who in his infinite mercy has even in that given us a choice to follow him or not he he could just make us do right but but even after man proved that he would be defiant and disobedient God still gives us a choice. You know, since the fall, we we must see our purpose here on earth to bring others to Christ too, so that we can one day live with the Lord forever. We have been commanded to go and use the gifts God has given us in helping to fulfill the great commission. We are to continue to make more disciples. We're We're to continue to help others find God. And we have to be more productive spiritually. We have to be fruitful. So if we practice Christ's teachings and share the gospel, with others, we will be able to draw others to him to help restore the relationship that was lost in the beginning. You know, so so we have to understand that this is why we were created. And, and I want to leave you with this. If God created everything and he said everything was good, and if we desire good things, unless you are just, just an evil, sadistic person, then there is nothing that we should desire outside of God because there is nothing outside of God that is good. So in order to get good, we have to desire to get God. Romans 8 and 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Y'all listen, that's a wrap for today's episode. I truly hope that you enjoyed it and that it blesses you. Make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Twitter at IMBD Music. I would love to hear from you and be sure to tune in next week for a new episode. Y'all look, thanks for hanging out with me today on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. <laughs>